As Hannah said, this is an all-age service. Um, we are Basically, we run through the service, which I'll try to guide you through, and then straight on into lunch. There is no gap for tea and coffee in between. Um, so it, there'll be a little bit of a gap while we physically get the food out to you, and we'll explain that as we get to it. I hope you will enjoy the service. Kind of do what feels right for you. If you need to move around, that's fine. If you want to stay sat down, that's fine, fine as well. Um, on all the tables, there are crayons. There are Operation Agri placemats with puzzles, if you want to do those. There's Glasgow City Mission placemats with information, if you want to read that. And there are some bookmark-sized bits of colouring in, if you fancy colouring rather than listening to me or singing or whatever it is. Our call to worship this morning is from Psalm 65. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide the people with grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with richness. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. And so we're going to sing our opening hymn, which is on the sheet, Praise God for the Harvest of Orchard and Field. And if you're able to stand as we sing, please do so.
We're going to come to God now in prayer, and after I've led us in prayer, we'll join together in saying the Lord's Prayer, and as is our custom, you are invited to say that in whatever language and whatever version is most natural for you. So let's pray together. Generous God, on this special Sunday, we bring our thanks and praise for the food that has been grown, raised, and produced for our enjoyment. Whether it is tomatoes or beans, potatoes or strawberries grown in garden or allotment, whether it is grain grown in fields or livestock reared on farms, whether it's gathered from hedgerow or bought in the supermarket, we know how blessed and privileged we are to enjoy so much choice and availability. We also know that our relationship with the food we eat is compromised and fallible. We admit with regret that sometimes we are more eager to secure a bargain than to think about farmers or growers. And sometimes we are lured in by offers to buy food that, just a few days later, is thrown away untouched. Sometimes we eat far more or far less than is healthy for us, damaging and weakening our bodies. Please help us to learn to live in harmony with ourselves and with all life on our planet, valuing all life and sharing more fairly the abundance of the earth's harvest. Longing for justice and seeking that all might have food enough for each day, we join in the prayer Jesus taught us as we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation
In a few moments, I'm going to show you the DVD from Operation Agri. But first, I'm going to show the children a photograph. Um, I'll bring it round so you can have a quick look. And I want you to look especially at this lady with the bicycle. There's two Bangladeshi schoolgirls. And in the middle is a slender, young, white woman. So there's the two schoolgirls. In the middle is a young, white woman. That white woman grew up in Glasgow because that woman is our very own Jean Delmore, who was a BMS missionary out in India and then after partition in Bangladesh. And I'm really grateful to Lily, who just happened to bring this photo to show me on the right day. So maybe we can have a look at it after the service. But just that little sign that we already have a link with Bangladesh. And I I have to say, I think she was rather a good-looking young woman, was our Jean. So I do have a look at that later on. So we're going to watch a a short film now, hopefully the technology will behave, about the work of Operation Agri in Bangladesh. Operation Agri is helping to build a better future for girls and women in Bangladesh. Many desperate families come to the capital, Dakar, and live in the crowded slums, seeking work as labourers or rickshaw drivers or in textile mills. Girls often miss out on school, helping at home, sent to work or married off early. But these girls attend a project in the Duaripara slum that was started by the Church of Bangladesh and Oasis. Lively and fun catch-up classes help girls who dropped out of school. Other girls come after school for extra tuition and a safe place to do homework. Estella realised many girls were malnourished, so she checks their weight regularly. She then cooks a tasty stew. This is fattening food, not a diet for slimmers. But it helps the girls to thrive. Sonia has been greatly helped. Families rent one-room homes in alleyways. Kulsam helps at the project. Her daughter Lamia is in the catch-up class, hoping to start school soon. She protects girls from being bullied by older lads. And what does Lamia want? I want to be a police officer. Wow, that's that's a difficult job. It's dangerous. She is keen to do well at school. Kulsam joined a savings group run by Project Staff. The women save money for school fees or to start a small business. Today is a special celebration and little Lamia is dressed up to show her dancing skills.
project staff really help girls gain confidence and hope. Far away in rural Rajshahi district, Operation Agri is helping tribal communities. They are very poor, with their own language and culture. And many are Christians, a double minority in this mainly Muslim country. The Baptist Church Centre has set up a school. They teach both Bengali and English. They encourage girls, as well as boys, to come to school. It's raining in Chinaso village, so the women's group squeeze under shelter to meet project leaders. They each save about 50 pence a month. The project banks it and arranges loans at very low interest. Are they happy with this? Yes. Pigs here are not quite as we know them. And goats are nosy creatures. But for those without much land for crops, animals are valuable. This lady got a lamb, raised and sold it, and with a profit has bought two more. The whole village is gathering. This is a traditional tribal welcome. They throw rice and leaves to greet Marissa from Operation Agri to show their gratitude for the help received. Thanks from all of us. I'm Marissa, I'm a trustee for Operation Agri and I've been visiting Bangladesh for the past two weeks um, and it's just been an amazing experience. The staff that work on both of the projects are so committed, um, they are working with limited resources and that's where organisations like Operation Agri can really uh, make a difference. not just the children who are going to, in, in uh, that remote part of uh, Bangladesh, who are learning a bit of Bengali. We're going to learn a bit of Bengali this morning as well. And this is a song that um, Operation Agri has translated into Bengali for us. Um, it's quite an old song. Um, some of us know it, some of us have never heard it. So that's fine, that's not exactly unusual. Um, if there's any Bengali speakers here present, please make yourself known and you can tell us how to pronounce it. Otherwise, we're going to go with my approximation, which I'm just going to say confidently as if it's right. So it's something like this. Yezu namate, yezu namate, mora biyoi hoi. Yezu namate, yezu namate, shoitan dure pale. Prabhu yezu biyoi name, protirod kota parake. Prabhu yezu biyoi name. Mora Bioi Hoi. We're going to sing it in English first, then we'll sing it in Bengali, and then we'll sing it in English a second time. I'll be kind and let you sit down, because if you're not so sure of the words, you seem more comfortable sitting down. (laughs) 
Okay, in a few moments we're going to move around if we wish to go to the different zones. And there is a connection with the, um, the theme of the service and the work that Operation Agri are doing in Bangladesh and also perhaps a slightly more tenuous link with the work of Glasgow City Mission. So if you feel you need to go and play, then make your way to the crash room at the far end of the corridor where I think Ken and Barbara are going to have a whale of a time with you. If you would like to be a bit creative and try some Indian-style block printing or to make a Glasgow City Mission money box, make your way to the mezzanine where Emma and Anita will guide you through those. If you fancy a bit of flower arranging or cake decorating, then make your way to the memorial room where Katrina and Beth and... Sorry, I can't hear Marriott, sorry. Um, well, they will uh, help you with that. Sorry, I'm terrible with names. So they are up on the list. We're going to have some Bangladeshi music as we move. So please feel free to go to your zones and explore the theme in a way that's good for you. Today's reading is from uh, 1 Corinthians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. And so, my brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now you are still not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving according to human inclinations? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, And each will receive wages according to the labour of each. For we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. And someone else is building on it. Each builder must choose with care how to build on it. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. 
Amen. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. It's one of those cliches that trips very easily from the tongue, and yet it does carry a kernel of truth. And it's this idea that seems to lie at the heart of what the Apostle is saying to the church in Corinth in the Bible passage that Operation Agri chose for us to reflect on today. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts is a popular definition of the word synergy, a word borrowed from the Greek and literally meaning working together. And I don't know about you, but in the days when I used to go on management training and team building things, synergy was one of those words that was very much in vogue. I kind of realized that was probably about 20 years ago, so things perhaps moved on. But there is something in what Paul's saying here to the Christians at Corinth, which seems to be very much along those lines. It's a kind of working together is a good thing, and you can do more together than apart. The key to what Paul has to say is the first half of verse 9, which best translates from the Greek as, we are God's co-workers, God's synagogue, if you want to try and do the Greek. But oh dear, how very different this is from what he sees in the lives of the believers in Corinth. The ideal to which he alludes, and to which we will return towards the end of this short talk, seems to me a kind of human-divine synergy. That somehow, what results from human believers acting as God's co-workers might be more than human action or divine agency alone would achieve. Could that be possible? Is that just heresy? Or might it be a profound and wonderful mystery? But let's start where Paul starts, with the reality of the situation in Corinth. What troubles him is the immaturity of the believers in Corinth. Their puerile and petty squabbles about whose version of Christianity is better or more authentic. I'm an Apollos Christian, says one, sneering at the Paul followers. Huh. Well, I'm a Pauline Christian, says another, scowling at the follower of Apollos doesn't change really, does it, 2,000 years on? Evangelicals and liberals, charismatics or prayer book Anglicans, praise bands and choirs, squabbles, sneers, divisions and separation. Energy spent in defending our way of being. For goodness sake, says Paul, get over yourselves. Paul and Apollos are just servants in the same cause. It's not that he wants a totally homogenous church. The the body image that he uses later and on which we reflected last week shows quite clearly that he values, even celebrates, diversity. But this petty rivalry and ridicule is undermining the work and purpose of the church. Rather than working together, they're pulling apart. This, he says, has got to stop. Being a Baptist, that's fine. Being charismatic, that's fine. Being Catholic, being liberal, being conservative, whatever you are, it's fine. 
Just learn to value, accept, and trust each other. And then in that way that Paul does so often, he just leaps off in a slightly different direction. And he uses an image from horticulture or agriculture, not quite sure which, an image of planting and growing to show one way in which different people can work together for a common end. In this model, it is very much a sequential model, but it is one possible way it could happen. One person plants the seeds and another person waters it. Each person has got a role. Each has their place in the sequence. And if each one does that, then, provided the conditions are right, there will be a harvest, whether that's grain or grapes, vegetables or fruit. Maybe this metaphor stands a little bit further exploration, recognising that rather than each individual tending their own small patch, doing all the tasks themselves, there is benefit to be found in cooperation, integration of effort. Each on their own can do well, but several together can do better. Synergy. Working together. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. It's not rocket science, is it? But we all know it's not that easy either. Sometimes it's just, frankly, easier and quicker to get on and do it on our own, our way, rather than taking the time and effort to work collaboratively with all the potential that has for delay and compromise and misunderstanding. Sometimes we end up reinventing the wheel because we're too proud or too stubborn to look beyond ourselves for for help or to join with others. I don't think working together is any easier in the 21st century than it was in the first. The challenges of cooperation are pretty much the same. Synergy is not that easily achieved. But if we were to stop there then we would fall into the very same trap that the Corinthians did, taking a purely human frame of reference. Because Paul's image of planting and watering has a further dimension to it. He says, it is God who gives the increase. God who takes the raw materials and the human endeavour and transforms them into something more than either could be. And this isn't just a one-off The choice of verb employed by the writer suggests this is a continuing effect. It's one of these continuous verbs that you get in Greek. We do our bit, working together as God's co-workers, and God goes on and on, bringing that to fruition. Well, that sounds great, but we do need to be a little bit careful, don't we? Just because a group of believers work together on a project doesn't mean it's good or godly. We can convince ourselves of anything if we try hard enough. And just because we pray the right prayers doesn't mean that our endeavours will have the results we dream of. Similarly, just because a project doesn't have the title Christian or Baptist in the title doesn't make it bad or ungodly. And just because those involved don't share our faith or don't have any faith, doesn't mean that it's doomed to failure or is ultimately futile. God can never be bound by the church's dogma. 
even though sometimes I suspect the church wish that that might be so. I am intrigued, even captivated, by this idea of a divine human synergy. This idea that people like us working together, bringing our gifts, abilities, and offering them freely into the service of God can do more than we could do on our own. I'm fascinated and excited by the potential that arises when we see Christians from other traditions with other theological emphases, worship styles, or missional agendas as our co-workers rather than our competition. Still hear of cases where there are lots of churches doing well in an area and a Baptist church decides it's going to go and muscle in because there isn't a Baptist church there. But also as I think about this idea of divine human synergy, I can see better how our giving of money to Operation Agri and to Glasgow City Mission is part of a more wonderful synergistic whole. Because our part is the financial part. Somebody else's part is the day-to-day grassroots implementation of projects that we, on our own, couldn't sustain. It does seem to me very often that the mission organisations have best grasped the value of partnering, working together with people of faith and none, whose values and objectives are consistent with their aims. So, for example, Glasgow City Mission works with a whole range of organisations, but these include the secular agencies, Shelter, Turning Point Scotland and Glasgow Housing Association. And they work with these three organisations to to look at aspects of homelessness. And similarly, Operation Agri partners with indigenous organisations who combine local knowledge with their valuable skills. Increasingly, we see Christian organisations partnering with those of other faiths and organisations that are completely secular, recognising that God's love and God's activity are not confined or constrained by any humanly created limit. This less defensive, more open-handed approach may just allow that dreamed-of synergy to become reality. You are God's co-workers, says the Apostle to a church in disarray, in a city where petty squabbles about which version of Christianity is better are not only stifling mission, they're actually suffocating the church. You are God's co-workers. If that's true, simultaneously it affirms our unique identities as individuals and churches, and it requires of us that we work together with those who are very different from us. If it's true, it recognises the unique role of Operation Agri and the unique role of Glasgow City Mission as God's co-workers in different geographical parts of God's field. And if it's true, then there is a synergy as we, as God's people here, make our gifts of money for these two very different charities, recognising their place and ours in a greater and yet more wonderful whole. You are God's co-workers. 
God's synergists. A mysterious, wonderful, divine human synergy of hope in a world of petty squabbles and far, far worse. I wonder if we dare take up that challenge and help bring that vision to an ever-increasing reality. One of the dangers that I have when I prepare for worship is I choose the hymns before I write the sermon. And sometimes, by the time Sunday comes along, I can't quite see how to get from where the sermon ends to where the hymn goes. And that kind of feels like it's the case here. And then I had this rather strange thought. Do you know what? Sometimes it's those worries over the right hymn or the, the right word or do we do this that's different or that's the same that undermines our efforts to work for God's kingdom, God's purposes. So maybe there is just a little bit of divine humour that I chose a hymn that for many is synonymous with harvest services to follow a sermon that it doesn't even seem to connect with. Come, you thankful people, come. Raise the song of harvest home.
Our prayers today are adapted from a suggestion given by Operation Angry, into which I have woven some prayer pointers from the Glasgow City Mission and a little bit of space for us to bring our own concerns. So let's pray together. God of justice, mercy and compassion, on this Harvest Sunday, reminded of the synergy that arises when we fulfil our role as your co-workers, we bring you our prayers for others. We pray especially for the people of Bangladesh and for the people of this, our city, Glasgow. We give thanks for the Christian church in its many traditions and with its spread of theological emphases and ask you to equip it by your spirit as it seeks to play its part in the work of your kingdom. As the Bangladesh church seeks to make your name known and as Glasgow City Mission seeks to share the gospel of Christ with others, may they each demonstrate your love as they work among people of all faiths and none in their diverse needs. Inspire us to come alongside our brothers and sisters to support them in this work. Give us hearts filled with compassion so that we are prompted to pray, give and actively support the work done in your name, both here in Glasgow and far away in Bangladesh. We pray for the children of Bangladesh, that all may have the opportunity to be educated and have a better life. We pray too for Glasgow City Mission's Child and Family Centre in Govan, that all the children who use the centre would be equipped to fulfil their potential and enjoy their time there. We pray for the empowering of women in Bangladesh, especially those who suffer in family situations that can often be abusive. We give thanks for projects that provide support, encouragement and practical assistance, enabling women to discover their true worth. We pray for the evening drop-in at GCM City Centre project, that those who come would know that they're valued and that staff and volunteers would really be able to get to know them. We pray, too, that through their daytime services, people would learn new skills, receive advice and encouragement. We pray for all those who exercise political power, whether in city councils, local or national government, that they will never lose sight of the human implications of the necessarily complex decisions they make and that they would be enabled to work for the good they so desire to achieve. In a few moments of silence, we bring to God people and situations that exercise our own concern and compassion. We thank you, God, for organisations like Operation Agri and Glasgow City Mission who work so hard in your service and who inspire us to pray and to respond in practical ways. Empower us too that we might gladly respond 
and play our part in the mysterious and beautiful synergy that is the work of your church. We offer these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let's pray together. Every good gift comes from you, God, our generous creator. And so these gifts that we have brought today for the work of this church, for the work of Operation Agri, and for the work of Glasgow City Mission, these are already yours. And yet you trust us as we employ them. So we pray that you would bless these gifts and bless the work to which they are put in the name of Christ. Amen. In a moment, we're going to sing our last hymn. Um, I'm going to ask you at the end of that hymn to sit down because there is uh, a few explanations to do and then we will have our uh, blessing and grace. Sent by the Lord am I, my hands are ready now to make the earth a place in which his kingdom comes. have sung our blessing and sung a grace, which I will explain after I've done the other explanations, we will be serving lunch. And the way we're going to do that is that uh, Margaret and Nancy have organised a team of people who will, will miraculously bring the soup up to the servery, and some other people will quietly distribute other bits and pieces around the tables. We would ask everybody else, please, just to remain at your tables and... Um, I'm going to put my girls' brigade leader hat on and be bossy and pretend we're at camp because that's what Alison does when she puts her girl guide hat on. So I thought it was fair if I put my girls' brigade one on and tell which tables, which order to go up. Um, the soup is very hot, so we're just trying to keep this as safe as we possibly can. And obviously, it's small people. If mums and dads could just keep an extra watchful eye because we would hate anybody to be schooled. We really don't want any more trips to the 
new Queen Elizabeth South, whatever it's called, hospital. We're going to sing our blessing, um, which is quite well known. It's an old doxology to, to Talis Cannon. So we're going to sing that through all together. And then we're going to sing the grace as a round. I've been singing graces as round since I was kind of this big. So it seems quite easy to me, but it may be less familiar for others. The choir have sorted themselves out into their parts. But I'm going to split you, the rest of you, basically into four. So um, starting from the back, the table with Walter, the table with Ken, and the table with Mary is group one. Uh, Wendy, Nancy's table, Emma's table, group two. Elaine and Anita and Neil's table, group three. These two tables and me, group four. If it all goes wrong, it doesn't matter. We start halfway through the line. So it'll be present at, be present at, be present at, be present at. And we all kind of hopefully end up roughly together at the end. Um, If it all goes wrong, it's my fault. If it goes right, it's because you're wonderful. But first, let's sing our blessing together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. (laughs) 